Yo, Cufflinks and Crips yeah. back again. Yeah, boy. Let me. Ben just reached there. Yes, sir. Man like Mac there. <laughs> Get Nick's special guest today. Filmmaker. Director. It's exciting times. It's a strong cast today, strong cast today. Always, bro, no doubt, man. Mm, so, what going for today? What's the topic, sir? Boy, a couple of things, Ralph. A couple of things. Um, one thing that a few people I've mentioned to that are excited about it. Um, what would you tell your younger self? So, like, when you're 16, with all the wisdom that you've gotten during that period of time. Which is available. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. What would you have done different? What three things specifically, but, you know, it might be one, it might be more than that. Because I always think, I've got a mad concept in my head. I don't know if I've said it before. I always feel like I'm repeating myself. Um, where I always wonder, imagine if I was, um, like seven years old or eight years old, but I had my same brain now. Yeah. Like, how would I, that's a bit mad still, like. That's mad still. <laughs> <laughs> You're you some weird kid. <laughs> you imagine some intellectual seven year old don't want to do nothing because they're fearful of the consequence of life. It's a burden. Like, that's some weird child. It's a lot, isn't it? It's a lot. I can tell you one thing still. Mm. I don't reckon you'd have no virgins still. <laughs> <laughs> You're alone now. Hey, trust me. That'll be mad. That'll be mad. But yeah, beyond that, uh, the other one we're going to chat is about the law firm as well. I mean, we'll say more detail about it. But essentially, what they're doing, they're... Um, you could say, you call it positive discrimination, you call it positive action, where they're just allowing uh, more candidates from a ethnic minority background. I think it's specifically black and African, but we're, de- we're going to do a more about that in a second. Boy. Yeah, of course. But yeah, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Happy to do this thing again, boy. How are you lots of weeks been, man? Been all right? Yeah, I've had a good week. Yeah? I've had a good week. Up to much or just the usual? Just work stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a positive week. Yeah. I have to get reminded that it's been a positive week, so I have to. Mm. I'm, gonna, I'm a bit brewing. You know, when you have a good week mm. and then you're like, oh yeah, you're pumped. So you just feel like you've got to maintain that because then the next week's just going to be dead otherwise. Because mm. it's like the dip. you talking about like to keep me motivated. Yeah, I need yeah. to make sure this week's a good week. That's, that's mad. Whereas last week was a good week because stuff happened to me. Mm. Next week, I'm going to have to do stuff to maintain that same energy. To keep that high. Mm-hmm. Mm. so effectively you're like almost like you to a certain extent have control of your week goals as opposed to just happening yeah like I have to make that happen this yeah, week yeah it's true because otherwise it's going to affect like my motivation I think it's mm. quite interesting still because I guess logically well like me anyway I think about like to a large extent your week being determined by like external factors mm. so it's like things that happen as opposed to like how much control you have or what happens so that's an interesting perspective it's quite a positive perspective in the sense of like control within your hands as well as just like yeah. seeing things that's happening. You make it good. Because mm, mm. really the true. week is a bit, it, the, the reason the week was a good week is because of the work I put into certain things right. in terms of my own projects. And as a result, I've had a good week. So ultimately, last week being a good week was still in my, in my control. Does that right. makes sense? Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. the work was put in from before. So now I'm like, shoot, i got to put some work so that I can maintain yeah. this energy. That's funny. So, when you say you put in work, mm. was it was it execution or was it background work you're doing? Because sometimes it's like the the end product when you do something makes you feel like it's been a good week because you're seeing it. 
Whereas yeah, it's, it's, cultivating. It's, it's, it's cultivation of yeah. something and then I'm seeing a result. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like I made a film. Yeah. It won an award. What? It's streaming on a platform in the States. This all happened in this week, even though See. I knew about the streaming thing and the award, you just don't know until you rock up there. But that, me making the film was the work. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so the reward is came out a little bit last week. So I'm like, okay, next week might not be a reward week, but what can I do? To still make me feel good, to make sure that my week is, I yeah. feel good as a result. Yeah, and, and that's where I sort of challenge that this week being a good week. Because this week you're seeing the fruits of your labour. Mm. But in reality, your good week might have been when you were grinding and you're having a, sh- a shit week. Do you know what I mean? But define, really. That, but it defined good. Your good version of good and my version of good could be different. Oh, my, my version of good is when you're actually having a dead week, right? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's <what> you call it. <laughs> like it feels dead, but really, you're probably in your yard or, or you're in your space crafting. Right. Do you know what I mean? But, but now you're seeing the output of that. So, so, so in a weird way, I'm, I'm like, you probably feel good this week, but on a bad week, I'm, I'm just, thinking off the top of my head on a bad week you might actually have smashed it because you powered through do you know what I mean do you see that as bad though so well I'm just saying quote unquote bad because I'd still see that in my head even Mm. though I'm tired burnt out at the end of the week I go wow Mon you did this this that's what I mean that's That's still recognised as good yeah yeah yeah. there you are so like you're one by your logic here Mm. say like you're in studying and that yeah and you got that week, so you're just in the library hard, like yeah, every day. This is banging it. out exams, like re- revision, prep, yeah. And that week just feels dead and long, yeah. <laughs> you think that's what you class a good week. And when you get your results and you see smash grades, you're just like, yeah, like, whatever. Like, that, <laughs> the benefit is not like the good times when I was in the library, like, rugged, no evading, dead in the books, like. It's an interesting logic still. <laughs> Can't lie. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying though? I, I see what you mean. Like you put in, basically you have to put in the work to, to get the fruits. And like you like basically like to transform like yeah. this feels long now, but yeah. you know what the benefit's gonna be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do I understand that still. But and on by the same token though, um that feel good week is mad important though, because it actually feels those tougher weeks. Yeah. So you know that at the end of it there's gonna be a sick goal. So I guess it's almost like the concept of like long term gratification. There you have it. Exactly. Yeah. Go on. I was going to say, do you know what a dead week is mm. for me? Being waste. <laughs> there you yeah. Do you know that one where you've done nothing? Yeah. You, if someone said to you, what did you do this week? And all you can say is I ate food. <laughs> <laughs> and I slept. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Enough. You've got nothing to say, but that's a dead, I feel real, like I feel waste. Yeah. There's no you need that to like refresh. You do, but not like... Not when I should be doing something. Okay, yeah, Does that yeah, make sense? Yeah, you know yeah. you've got work to do mm. and then you do nothing. There's yeah. this guilt that sits on your chest versus you know you're resting. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, I'm on holiday now. I'm chilling. I'm relaxing. Being away skills is a dead week. It do, happens sometimes. Do you know what? That's, that's a very interesting point because for me, I've probably had about a month. Of being a waste man. <laughs> you can call it that, yeah. <laughs> 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 Pretty much. Ah. <laughs> no, no, no. But I've had, I've had a month of not doing anything outside my, my nine to five. Mm. And it's just actually, that's what I've been actively trying not to do for the last year. Mm. Whereas this month, I just, I've just not been on it. Like even um, responding to people's messages, 
like or even on WhatsApp and online, everything. I've just been mad slow, like you know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and it's like I feel guilty about it, but at the same time, I just couldn't. I just literally I just shut down for a little bit. I just mm. wasn't on it. I, I feel I'm, I'm more up for it now, but I feel like I almost needed it. Mm. So it's like I know you mean. Recharge. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's like a mixture of the two. Yeah. Mm. How about you, Matt? Yeah, it's been an interesting one still. Because remember before, a couple of weeks ago, we spoke about like, you're just having like, continuous period of good reason. You're waiting for like, the slump to come. Yeah. I feel like my slump's come now. Mm. And it's weird. I'm probably trying to get out of it. Like, I done bare stuff this week, like outside of work. Yeah. Like, I literally done stuff like every day. But I still just like, the slump's here. And it's like getting myself out of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. So it's mad like. Yeah, that's mad. I think it's the time of year as well, or weather changing. I think, I think, <laughs> I think that's yeah. a big part of it. The end of I, summer. Yeah, I definitely think that's part of it. That's yeah. definitely an element of it, but yeah, definitely the slumps hit me, boy. Mm. But that's some interesting stuff still. Like, man went to, like, you know, Gary Young, the brother that writes for The Guardian. Oh, okay. I went to one, like, writing thing that he did. Sick. Like, I went to this thing at, like, Hang the Empire for this, like, book launch. One brother that wrote, he's written three books now, one brother, Robin Travis. Right. So he had, like, things, like, a book launch for his thing, so, like, Slim was there. Like performing gets George the poet. It was hard still. Oh, that like, sounds cool. Yeah, good. And it wasn't even sold out, and it was sick. That I went cool. to that. Went to like some art thing, mm. like some for Grenfell, like for mm. people. These artists, like fifty t-shirts, mm. and like, half the proceeds from the t-shirts go to like um, go to basically like to Grenfell, mm. like the charity or whatever. So like, I went to that. Like I don't bear stuff, but I just still feel like slumped. Like it's <laughs> still, you know, I'm busy. Like I can't kick that. Like psychological thing that adds into how I'm feeling yeah, yeah, yeah. So is that slump because you feel like in your mind you or in your plans you have something that you're trying to do and you're not doing that thing and you're doing other things and yeah. even though you're doing other things it doesn't feel fulfilling because you still know in the back of your mind you've got you're working on a particular whether it be yeah. job or whatever that's definitely that's probably in a big picture mm. that's probably it but like to actually narrow it down to that one thing that it is, mm. is like a big whole kind of like different right. discussion. Right. You're definitely right. It's like always doing stuff, but to a certain extent, not doing the stuff you know you should be doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely, that is definitely a part of it. Like the psychological impact of that. Yeah, it's interesting though, still. It's how you interpret things. Mm. Yeah, because I was going to say, my, like, your slant sounds like my high. <laughs> <laughs> that week sounded lit, right? No, no, man, I've like, done a lot. Have you, yeah. seen, like, have you seen the last stream? No, I need to see it. I want to see that as well. Still, I know that filmmaker too. Yeah, yeah, he's done my. This is his first feature, so I've been meaning to go and watch it. It's it's good still. Like it is good. It's interesting. I think it goes in like I think could narrow down a bit what it's about. Mm. And it was to me like being like obviously like that was art era in it. Like Mm. where his thing was meant to be like. Sorry, what is it about? It's basically this film like um, a brother who's Nigerian brother, British Nigerian brother. And his mum gives him up to foster, be fostered by like a white lady in the countryside. Oh, right. And then he comes back when he's like 11, starting high school or whatever. I, think, I don't know, because I went to toilet at that boy in the film. I think it's in Peckham. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming it's Peckham, yeah. Pivotal point. Yeah, exactly to where it actually was. I'm assuming it's Peckham still. To come like live with his mum and just like coming from like that countryside background, living with like a white lady. And then being back in like an end environment. Like, the, the, the dynamic between him and his mum, his pups not being there. It was good. It touched on a lot of issues. I think could have delved a bit into some sort of issues, but there's only like, I had a little nitpick. Like it's weird, isn't it? Like there's little like in terms of like authenticity points 
I think could have done a bit better. Right. Like, for example, like, why did you look up the shop now, yeah? And, like, they're there, like, teeth up in the shop. And, like, the shop's got Oyster card in the window. Oh, the certain small Yeah, details. if it's like 2001, okay. there was no Oyster card. Yeah. I know that's a small thing, but them things that irk me. Yeah, yeah, or like, yeah. why is like, they ain't got Nokias? Which Nokia? didn't have, they didn't have Nokias. Oh, like. they didn't okay, have. Mm. The deal. You know what? I can, you know what? I hear it. That Oyster one, I so hear it. And I can relate to it because when you're shooting stuff, you mm. shoot and then you get into that edit and you're like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing you can do now yeah, because you've got this shot that needs to be oh, in the film. So, and you brew inside yeah. as the person, as the creator or the filmmaker or the editor, whatever. Yeah. So you brew inside. So I bet you any money, he himself is aware. Yeah. But at that point, it's like, it's too late. you hope. And, and a lot of the time it happens, you, you put something in. And hope that it's that that detail will be missed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I it, swear, I swear, they even had that in Game of Thrones once. They had a Costa. Well, a Costa. That was no. There was no excuse for that. Costa. They got some millions to make TV programming, and you can't just move a coffee cup. <laughs> no, they take the piss. That they take the piss. That's like <laughs> <laughs> whoever that runner is. And boy. then you know what's worse? <laughs> Not only did you shoot it with it, no one in the edit noticed it. Because yeah. they got rid of it yeah. in post-production yeah. after it went out on TV. That's mad. <laughs> so you had the ability to remove it, but no one saw it. Yeah. That's so bizarre. Sloppy. Yeah. <laughs> but I know, I get that thing. Because even at a certain time, I would do some advice. I would read it, reread it, reread it. Then after I send it, I read it again. You I see the mistake. see one little mistake. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. how did I not catch that? Mm-hmm. And it's annoying. Like, you're like, cha. You hear me? <laughs> so like, I feel that still. These things happen, yeah. man. These what was your week saying, Bob? Oh, bro, decent, man. Decent, yeah. Like I said, come back to life, coming out of hibernation. Oh. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, I do a lot, you know. Just, um, like I said, it's been doing day job. It's been doing it properly. It's been a bit... It's funny enough, the whole year, I've been doing loads of little bits at work. Yeah. And now they're just coming into fruition now. They're actually all closing down. Okay. So, yeah, it's actually been all right. And um, I just realized that at work, I'm just talking now. I'm just, all I'm doing is talking. I'm not doing any writing anymore. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's well, bizarre. telling people what to do. Yeah. It's, it's weird, but... Never always. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know what, though? It's it's difficult because it's more harder to seem productive now. Okay, yeah. Because you know, your whole day, you might be two-hour meeting from 9 to 11.30, and then another two-hour meeting from 2 to 4, lunch, whatever, at 12. Yeah. I haven't written anything all day. Yeah, I've been right. yapping all day, though. But same time... Yeah, you get accountability, innit? When yeah. things are going right, you get praise. When someone else does something wrong, and it's on you. Yeah. Boy, you just have to, you just have to suck it up, boy. Yeah, no, I've heard that still. Yeah, so I've just been talking all week, man, and It's been all right, man. It's been all right. I can't be... I'm not mad at it, boy. But mm. yeah, what are we going to say? Um, so let's get into this topic, man. Let's get into this main yeah. one. Want me to introduce it, yeah? Yeah, bro, let's do it, let's do it, let's what, do it. the Lee Day one, yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so boom. Lee Day is a law firm. One of it's quite a high profile law firm. It does like a lot of like public law work, judicial review, human rights. So for example, they had like a big thing the other day where about um abuse cases, they act for people that like fought cases against the British Army for abuse in Iraq. They had something where basically like supposedly some of the people were lying and there's a lot of controversy about that. But then one of them like kind of do good are I guess probably seen as liberal leaning law firm in terms of the kind of work they do. So mm. they're seen as that. Yeah, that's what I guess they kind of I don't know about always, but they're definitely seen as that. They're not like a big commercial for them. They do like human rights, that type of stuff. Yeah. So anyway, 
like obviously a lot of their work would obviously touch on like what impacts black people specifically. Mm. And obviously, I don't know if now they've got this new scheme where rather than obviously traditional, you want to be a solicitor or a lawyer or whatever, go do, go uni, go law school, training contract, then qualify. Whereas they've got a new thing now called apprenticeship. I think it's a five and a half year program. And rather than doing a whole traditional, you, you basically like out of firm for five years, do an apprenticeship and then you qualify as a solicitor. Right. So obviously like it's a different route and if you don't have a lot of money, obviously it costs a lot of money to be a lawyer in terms of like going to law school. If you don't do a law degree, you've got to do GDL, then go yeah. do LPC, obviously that costs a lot of money. Dope. So obviously they're basically putting the scheme in place. Yeah, obviously because you know how much fees that costs, isn't it? Horrendous. Yeah, it's a mad outlay. So yeah, they've got this, uh, this thing now and they've actually, for their apprenticeship, they specifically recruited for black people as in like African Caribbean people because they say there's an imbalance in their workforce. And I just wanted to get you guys thoughts on that because, if, for example, this is on like one of the legal websites, the Law, Law Society Gazette. Like, and it's funny, like a lot of the comments are just like, this is disgraceful. This is racism. Yeah. What if it was advertised to the white people? Imagine what the uproar would be. Yeah. And it's like, kind of quite predictable comments. And I just wanted to get kind of what you guys view on this, I guess, like positive discrimination, if you want to call it that more generally. Yeah. Um, it's a. I don't know. I've, I've got, as always, mixed views on it. I'm not even sitting on the fence. <laughs> but just no, mixed views. Firstly, so I think it said six students, right? Or six yeah. um, whatever applicants. Yeah. I, I probably should have done a bit more background check. Yeah. But I'm thinking, how much is that compared to their overall intake anyway? I don't think, I think their intake probably quite low. It would they're be not, small, right? They're not like some big yeah, magic yeah, circle, yeah. 150 trainee kind of firm. Yeah. So I think that's probably quite... Quite a big a good portion. Number, yeah. All right, then, fair enough. Because I was thinking, is it actually going to be meaningful? Mm. But it sounds like it would be, rather mm. than just, you know, just a bit glossy, papering over the cracks and, you know what I mean, just some PR thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like it is genuine. And even looking at the lady, it doesn't, it's like such, a stupid, <laughs> <laughs> such a stupid thing to say. But in the, in, the, in the picture, like, how can I say it? The lady looked kind-hearted. <laughs> Like, there's one of the senior partners, like, she, it looks like she actually, like, she's on the course, like. Things, like I know what you mean, yeah? Yeah. But can you trust that? I That's know, so stupid. I, I know exactly, I know when you see certain them, like, people, like, at certain places, they just got some sinister looking face. Yeah. They just yeah. do, they don't look pleasant. Yeah. Like, she look pleasant, innit? She look pleasant. Yeah. She look like she's on that lefty thing still. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's on that part. I mean, yeah. I've heard it a few times where people say, in other industries, even, like, um, film or comedy, whatever it is, um, talking about, yeah, oh, if I was ethnic, I'd get a job. Like, yeah. th- th- there'd be, what do you got? There'd be some sort of affirmative action in their favour or whatever. So I, I, I'm not surprised those arguments have come out. Um, I don't know, how, I, I don't know how I feel about it. Like, because when it lands like that, that is the obvious thing to say. What if it was just for white people? Yeah. How would you feel about it? Wouldn't love it. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's as simple as that. But um, I think it's progressive, man. It has to be done. At the end of the day, though, they also said that applicants, they have very low applicants from that background. Yeah. So it's one thing, isn't it, in terms of um, actually allowing people to uh, progress their application and say, okay, not just based on their name, you're going to rule them out, which is which seems to happen from time to time. Yeah. But then also it's encouraging people to apply in the first place. Yeah, yeah. Same thing they said about Oxbridge. Stuff like that. They say that there's not that the applications from the, whatever BAME backgrounds is low, but I don't know, man. I don't know. I, th- I think it's progressive, man. I don't know. What do you, what do you think about it, man? In general, what about just positive um, discrimination in general? 
do you feel like it's a it's a positive thing or do you think you like, mean, in general what in terms of work yeah yeah so I think when you take an incident in isolation and just look at just the fact that a company is recruiting X amount of uh, black, very specific black students in isolation, yeah, you're looking at that. There is positive discrimination. Hmm. When you scale it back and look at how our world is built, white people don't need that. They That's their life. They apply to anything and everything. They get everything and anything all the time. Hmm. They don't have to struggle at all. Hmm. You want to be a lawyer? I apply. Ben Smith. Oh, great. Let's go and see Ben Smith. Oh, yeah, he seems cool. Da-da-da. No question, nothing, right? That's their life. Mm. Come now to Ben Anafi. Let's call you, <laughs> let's call you Nana Anafi for now, for the purpose of this conversation. <laughs> that name on paper already says different. Yeah. Now, as someone who may not realize that they're, they've got certain prejudices, because everyone to some degree has prejudices of some sort, yeah. but doesn't realize... And then they see Ben Smith's name, that's more comfortable. Yeah. That yeah. Ben Smith name feels more comfortable. I can relate to Ben Smith. Mm. Let's see him over Nana and Ashley. Yeah. Yeah, I, know, I agree with that. My only thing with that, yeah, is um, it's, it's that thing, isn't it, where you often favor what you know. Affinity or, or what, yeah, yeah. What looks like you or sounds like you, you often favor it. What's interesting, though, I feel that, I feel that in, let's say, finance, rather than law specifically, yeah. it seems a bit more meritocratic. It seems a bit more, they're just on money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? If, if you, on the paper, look like you're, you've got more to offer, yeah. they're just thinking, boy, let's take him then. Like, I can only speak from my, my own current place. Yeah. Bro, it's mad. Like, it's actually a lot of black people specifically yeah. in the firm that I am. And it, and it's, and it just, on paper, you wouldn't think it was at all, just in my department. Mm. But I feel like law is probably like one of the last properly um, elite environments. But I could be wrong. Elite in, in terms of, yeah, you know what, it's, it's very much um, they want a certain person of a certain look, certain feel, maybe because you're going to be client-facing more and the type of people you're going to be dealing with they sort of push things more in that way. I don't know. Yeah, so like elitist. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I fully understand. I agree with you. Mm. Like law is very like, it's still very traditional, old school, like mm. very much like last bastion of like yeah. that type of like mm. privilege, you want to call it. Mm. So yeah, I do agree with you. But and I think probably it's funny. I think finance as a whole is probably more meritocratic in that sense. Mm. I agree with you then. Mm. But you know what's interesting? Like, and I mean, I, I have no idea what the figures are. I wonder if the position would be the same for, say, like, private banking or merchant banking. Would yeah. that same meritocratic exist? Like, if you went to, like, an institution, like, I don't know, like, say, Shoulders, yeah. would you have that same, like, meritocratic I'm going to just say right yes, now, sir. I'm really basic. I don't understand <laughs> all these financial terms. I don't know what all of this private banking <laughs> business means. So um, if you don't understand, um, you're not the only one, because I don't. So I don't know the difference between mm-hmm. any of these things. I think part of banking would be like more clients. Like, you, you, you know what I mean by like, yeah, banking? Yeah. Like, like, that, I think it would be more like, you know, like if you get a high net worth individuals and like you're doing like advising with them mm. on their money. So it's like, say people are like the traditional investment bank when they're doing these like products. Whereas if you, I think if you're doing like private banking, that type of stuff, it'd be more like high net worth individuals and like client facing. So I think yeah. if you're dealing with like some rich don, 
Like they might not want to roll out like some black brother there. They might yeah. want to pop up old school brokes yeah. kind of dude because that's who their client base is. Especially got like a traditional old school kind of bank. Yeah. You know I mean, I think that meritocratic ethos might not be there. So then that supports then, I guess, the the the, the, the point of view that the way in which the world is designed. Well, let me not say world, the West. Because mm. let's be, let, we're talking, we're in, in, in the UK or if we're in America or whatever. The world is designed with that type of person in mind first. Yeah. So what, anything we have to do, we have to mold ourselves to fit into that space versus them just being themselves and being able to be in that space regardless. So if that environment, and I don't know, you guys know more than me, finance and the, the law and industry, because it's not the same in some other industries. Like it's not as being a black male or black female sometimes works as a disadvantage in some instances because they would prefer to see themselves in that space or in that environment. I've had two occasions where that's happened to me personally. That's what I was going to ask more about on the creative side that you work in or, or yeah, whatever. and Is it's it the same story or not? It's, it's not like, it's never going to be an exclusion because you are black. I'm going to say, yeah. It's more that... I don't make effort to change who I am to fit into a space. Like, I just refuse to do it. So that sometimes means that I don't fit into certain environments. And that's fine because I'll just not go. I don't need to be in an environment that I don't need to see in. Mm. So I won't laugh at your dead jokes. I won't <laughs> pretend that I know I watched a single episode of Only Fools and Horses. I've never seen these things. I don't like. So do you, know, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not going to pretend. So therefore, I'm different. And it's like, mm, I don't think this is quite working. And yeah. The reason mm. when it's not working is not because I can't physically do the work. Mm. It's mm. because the culture i'm not fitting into this culture and that's okay i'll find a culture and environment that i do fit into mm. but i i do think in some instances it's about what you said for me i can never say it familiar familiarity there you go <laughs> um and stick into what you know mm. like I, I got a friend of mine who's i'm not going to say who or where he works but he works for a company and the, the guy in hr is a black dude mm. and he's Bringing in black people. Yeah, yeah, Straight up. He's like, I see, not that he's picking someone over. Yeah. He's given, a, he's actually given the opportunity to at least let them be interviewed. Yeah. Get them into the door to have the conversation. Because probably maybe before that, that just wasn't happening based on previous HR um, recruiters. Yeah. So it's being able to be put on a fair playing field. Because sometimes, really, let's be real, black people don't get the opportunity even to step, in the, step into the room to even be paired against Ben Smith. Yeah. See, it's interesting because I think, like, my thing when I saw the comments and everyone complaining, like, oh, most this was just white people specific. I think that's a naivety, as you say, like, like that's almost like people thinking as if like nepotism doesn't nepotism doesn't exist, like, right? Like, as you say, like, I'm not saying every white person has it easy. That's not really. I that's, wouldn't say yeah. that, but it's like if you're a white person, like most of the time, like people, as you say, affinity bias is real. So if like if you got you who's interviewed and a black person. And you've got more naturally in common with them, the white person's going to be in a better position. So white people, as you say, white people get those benefits all the time as a factor of white white privilege, if you want to call mm-hmm. it that. Yeah. But I guess from the other angle, we're talking about like obviously black something for black people. What about, for example, like a poor white working class person? Do they have that same privilege as being white? And like I guess, for example, if you've got like a black person who's comes from a well-off family, private school educated, Oxford educated. And they apply. They basically apply for that role. They're but if you got like a white working class brother from who's from the estates, one demand them, and he wouldn't. I yeah. guess who's who's more privileged out of those two? Well, well, 
sorry, mm. I was just going to say, I'll go back to that point anyway, mm. but I was just going to say, um, my only thing with this here is that whole field is very difficult to get into. Mm. Like, no matter what, what law. you look like. Yeah, so, law. yeah, yeah. Mm. and to the, for those sort of top commercial law firms anyway, you can get into a high street firm, but even that's probably not straightforward. Mm. But the top commercial law firms, that's a mad rat race to get into. So, so if so, from the comments side, if it's coming from someone that's already established and living their life, I kind of haven't got much sympathy for that. But if you're a student, yeah. if you're a white student yeah. or any, or any non-ethnic student, that makes sense, <laughs> yeah. and you're seeing that and you're struggling to get in, I can I can understand that you'd be like, hang on a minute, this is tough enough for anyone. Yeah. So why am I being left out? Or do you know what I mean? Because yeah, yeah. it's not easy. And there is logic to that, but as I say, is that like, if you are like solidly white middle class and that's, you're having difficulties, which you would, is that not a naivety for thinking like yeah, that black person has it the same as you? Yeah, yeah, for sure. But do you care? Would you care? Probably if you just be. can't get a job? Once you've got a job, then you'll be like, oh yeah, no, I understand that. Yeah, yeah, That, yeah. that, that must have been quite tough actually. I've got some sympathy. But when you're on the other side of it and you're yeah, struggling yeah. as well, you don't yeah, care. Yeah, you're not going to care because yeah, you're going to see it as a negative. But yeah. to your point about white working class... Versus, was that because you said you said white working class? Well, there's someone like who's a black person who's come from a like well off background, highly right. educated, often educated, who would be eligible, whereas a white working class person wouldn't. Right. So the one difference in that, and I kind of think and this is just from my point of view because I've had a similar discussion with someone before. That black guy can never change the fact that he's black. Mm. That's always going to be there forever. White working middle class confront and wear a suit, comb his hair. Shave his beard, <laughs> right? <laughs> Sorry, I'm not trying to, simplis- to be yeah. simplistic, but I, I, I feel that on paper, if you, if I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying it's easy. By the way, I'm just simply saying that I don't always like that comparison because the one thing that the white male has in that advantage is he just combs his hair, brushes his teeth, and puts on a suit. <laughs> no, but no, do you know what I mean? And he's he he looks the part. Yeah, but, but no, but, but that's like that's like that's like that's like you've seen higher learning. I that's like it. higher learning what yeah. ice cream is like yo like he's got these white guns out with us like when they're men are older they cut their hair and join the establishment and yeah I agree with you that's like you can't change the fact you, you can't, can't, you can't hide the fact you're black yeah. but if you're like if you've been in the end for 20 years you speak the way you speak yeah, you think yeah, the way yeah. like people will be you're, able to you're common yeah, much. yeah yeah like very very quickly you'll be exposed like you can't really hide your class background you can to certain extent, but you can't really hide your class background but I'm, background more, I'm more talking on the, fr- on, the on, on the initial view Right, Ro- take put both, put both, put roadman black dude, roadman mm. white dude, same, come from the same ends. Mm. They go out into life, they want to better themselves. Mm. But um, black bear shape gets his level one trim, shaves his beard down, puts on a suit. Right, white dude does the same thing. Society immediately, who would, who's who, in in that affinity situation yeah. that we just talked about before? Who who who? I I I definitely I definitely agree with that. My only thing is. I think some black guys can move white still. But that's my point. <laughs> no, 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 no. But like, see, that's the point. Next level polish. Like. No, but that's do. that's my point. Look yeah. at that. You have to move white in order to do. Yeah, but that's what that's what you're saying. Though. Yeah, yeah. But I'm saying that that's the that's the that is the majority. We have to basically change in order to fit into a mold, right? All right. Sorry. Maybe I see a bit crude what I said to yeah. this. When I think about um, so this guy um, TM something. Anyway, he's like a CEO of. Credit Suisse, mm. like what I think it's like the one that like is the sole black um, CEO of a FTSE 100 company, 
something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or something like that, some mad stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I've seen him on telly, I've, all, I've, all, I've automatically felt some sort of like, rah, like he's doing that, I can do that. Mm. When I looked at his Wikipedia, we are not the same. Like we, we are not the same. He's, he's, he's from, I don't know, some sort of French speaking place in Africa. And um, also his family are like in the government. He went to some mad state school. Like he's he's just been through excellence, like yeah. like the, the top elite, elite, elite. Yeah. So to me, it's kind of like if if that guy is presented to you, like really and truly, he's getting in. Do you know what I'm saying? That's that's what that's what that's what I meant by by moving white. It's the wrong thing to say. I meant like when you, there are there is that level of just different level of elite of whatever whatever color you are that you're gonna get in. Yeah, Yeah, because you've been moulded and raised and educated to fit into Western standards. But that's what I'm saying. That's not necessarily to do with your colour then at that point. But it isn't. But ultimately, you are still having to mould to Western standard. Whereas Western standard white male, that's just them as default. But let's say, okay, let's say like, let me give, say your example you're saying about like, the first thing they're going to see is you're black. And I actually fully agree with you. Say that you go to an interview. Oh, hello. Like, <laughs> hello, young, hello, young man. You, so, what Oxbridge College did you go to? Yeah. Black brother, oh, I went to Merton. Oh, so did I. Go to the White, End, White Ends, brother. Um, no, I didn't go to Oxbridge. Go okay, next. What school did you go to? Oh, I went to Westminster. Oh, ditto. <laughs> White brother. Nah. At Wembley High School. <laughs> Do you hear me? It's like no, I get, and, and, and the affinity bias yeah. is there. Yeah. Even though the race is not the affinity yeah. bias is there. Whereas this white brother, like even though he, he can he can put on the suit and he's white, as soon as you try to find that common ground, we might not necessarily view them. That's true. And may and 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 it's probably well no, in in that it actually isn't going to be the case in every instance. Mm. But when I Quite think about much. it on a majority yeah, instance, yeah, um, I think it is there. And that and that, but that's not to knock. And me saying all of this doesn't knock anyone who's English and and white and you, you're living your life. Like, you've got that advantage. Go with your advantage. Do your thing. But at the same time, when there's opportunities to just get some, sometimes get some diversity in the in rooms where maybe they wouldn't be often or give them an opportunity because the race is hard as it is, as you said. I can't speak for law specifically because I don't know much about it. But in some industries, the doors are just not always open. Letting a few in, does that really harm? Does that really on a grand scheme of things, does that harm because much? Because you've mentioned that there are, like, sort of in the industry that you've sort of worked in, there are certain um, organisations or opportunities for black and ethnic minorities. Yeah, you right? get BAME, felt they call it BAME. Yeah. And it's always, like, funding to support. You see, at yeah. the minute you've seen a lot of women ones now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because women in film... The percentage is so minimal in comparison to the the way males dominate it. But it's not always because um, there aren't the talent there. It's just the preferred in this sometimes instance is white and male. So let just open the door. No one's asking for you to bust the thing down. No one's doing a riot out here. Just crack the door open a piece. It's a little, Do you know what I mean? Like, how does that harm? This is what I don't get. And that's why I say the positive discrimination. I don't even like that. I know that's what it is. But I don't just, I don't see it it's positive discrimination per se i just see it as you've cracked a little bit of a door for me yeah and then we can get i feel like there'll come a point where we can get to a position where we won't need it because there's enough black people there's enough indian people there's enough white people in a space in an organization so that there's a 
you've got different people already making decisions, 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 decisions.